0: welcome welcome what's going on everybody welcome into the bell ringer podcast hosted by sixers wire of usa today sports media group i am your host the editor of the site kai carlin and i got my guy with me cameron fields cam what's going on my guy how you been man
1: i've been pretty good I want to have you know full disclosure here. I was writing the story today on Shea Gilgis Alexander signing with Converse, and I was today years old when I found out Nike owns Converse. You didn't know that? No, I get. I, they, they bought them in two thousand three, and I'm just I'm seventeen years late, man. Cam, how old are you? How old are you? Twenty three. I oh. did not know this until
0: today. Today years old when you found out Nike bought Converse. Come on, man. Well I thought Converse was Converse. Nah, man, they're owned by Nike. Like th- everybody knows that. Like, like, that's why that's why Dwayne Wade started rocking the, those shoes in the 06 finals. I had no clue. Damn, you really do hate to see it. Come on, Cam. Come on. Also, before 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 we officially really get into this podcast, anybody know that Batman's villains are terrible. Just absolutely terrible. I'm just gonna leave it at that. And if you want to debate me, you can hit me up on Twitter, Kai underscore Carlin. Let's get into Don't it. Don't do it. No, please do it. I, I want all the smoke. I want it all. Give it to me. Let, let, let's get into it. Now, now let's get into the actual basketball portion of this podcast. As everybody knows, the Philadelphia 76ers are one of the 22 teams getting set to head down to Orlando to resume the 2019-20 season, which has been suspended since March 11th due to the global coronavirus pandemic. Now. Cam, Joel Embiid is a guy who it has to lead the way and be at his dominant best if the Sixers even have right. a shot at winning a championship down in Orlando uh, in these upcoming playoffs. But Joel's not really about like the whole team chemistry thing. Like he, Joel is a guy who is who would rather much rather stay inside the house and play video games and kind of not, and not really be around his teammates and around people. He's more of a reserved type of guy who would much rather be with his family and his girlfriend, play some video games, go to the arena, play a game, and come back. Now, he had an interesting comment yesterday about that, basically saying that that's what practice is for. That's what games are for. This isn't the first time we're playing together. But, Cam, there was an obvious disconnect on the floor with, with the Sixers a lot this season in terms of chemistry.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he he has, you know, definitely a point with, you know, that's what practice is for, that's what games are for. But also going off of that, um, there there are ways to build chemistry off the floor as well. Um, you know, like everyone is their own person. Um, yeah, you know, I'm a reserve person. You know, people don't necessarily like to go out all the time. Um, I'm like that as well. But I think that at times you you do kind of like need to – build that off the floor, um, chemistry with people where like, you know, hang out with some teammates every now and then maybe play some video games with them and, and just kind of build that rapport where it's like, you know, where it's like more than basketball, where, you know, someone outside the scope of your work, outside the scope, um, of what you're doing now, I guess on the flip side of this, if you really look at the you know, general workforce. If you look at industries outside of basketball, could you say the same thing? Um, I don't. I'm not necessarily sure because it's like, I mean, do I really hang out with? Do you, do people really hang out with their coworkers like all the time, or like even some of the time? Um, does that does that happen? I, I don't think that that really needs to happen in some industries where you have to hang out with your coworkers. But again, it can be good. You know, company bonding time um like company retreats things like that so it can be good to learn a person in another space that doesn't involve work um but i see where he's coming from where it's like hey i just want to do my own thing chill and things like that
0: now me personally i'm one of those guys who would much rather be in rather than go out like because yeah, so yeah. I, I mean i can definitely identify with, with joel here but at the same time cam to your point if you really want to build that chemistry and build it to where, you know, you know each other like the back of your hand, you've got to be able to kind of get some time outside of work to kind of know. Yeah, like a happy medium. Yeah, something like that. Like, like that's why I, I believe Dwayne Wade and LeBron James worked out as well as they did, because not only were they terrific basketball players, the two of them were best friends off the floor. And it, it kind of just seemed that like the two of them knew what the other was thinking before he even said it. and. Yeah. And with the Sixers, you don't really get that vibe with this team. Now, obviously, chemistry on the floor, it can be built through practice, like playing with a guy, knowing his tendencies, learning what he likes to do. But in terms of chemistry in the way of like kind of knowing each other, liking each other, I feel like you have to have at least some type of relationship off the floor. Right. And- you have to go to the clubs every night i'm not saying we got to go get drunk and get lit every night like hey let's go what i'm saying is though at least go to dinner or something with them you know what i'm saying like, right
1: exactly oh, man, yeah exactly like, <laughs> movies. yeah exactly I, I to go back to your point on d-wade and lebron it doesn't even have to be on to that level where you're best friends like you don't have to be best friends but like you said go to the movies go to the arcade or whatever right or go um uh the sky zone or something like that. I don't know. Um <laughs> just go just like go hang out for a little bit and you know just get to learn about more a little bit about the other person that doesn't involve basketball, doesn't involve playing basketball. Cause I know like for any team, um, you know, especially like high school teams, if you ever hear about like a high school team having bad chemistry, it's like, well, how does that happen? Like you guys go to school to, with each other, like you've you've known right. each other for a while. Like, how does that happen? You don't need to be best friends, but um, you should be, like, hanging out, like, playing video games and stuff like that. Uh, so it's like, you know, it, it is important to have that happy medium where, you know, you don't have to be best friends, but you should probably be, like, chilling with each other every now and then.
0: Right, and, and that's what I'm saying, and that's why I'm really hoping that, uh, you know, the, the Sixers get out of Orlando. At least, it's like, I mean, I'm trying to figure out how to put this, because even though they're going to be together, they still have to kind of be apart in a way, just because you still have to try to, you know, maintain social distancing and kind of go from there. But I feel like this time in this bubble in Orlando can be like really beneficial for them because all they're going to have is each other. Um, And then, you know, if, if they if they happen to get past round one, which we don't even know at this point, they might lose round one then they can have their families with them inside the bubble and, and, and you know that can definitely help but the big thing is though it, like this team has a clear disconnect on the floor between joe and and, and ben and al and
1: and that um, and that seems more basketball related though too you think i don't so? think that's i don't think that's necessarily um like it's a chemistry problem but it's a it's a thing we're going back to what where joel joel said it's it's a Um, thing where it's like they don't know each other basketball wise I don't think they really um, and then two with the fit Uh, the fit just isn't really there Um, this is a you know a roster made up of players that that just just do not fit together at all Um, so I mean you know going I guess segueing into our our next topic the Al Horford uh, Joel Embiid um, kind of pairing yeah uh, that, that 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 can work but you know they've talked about having you know basically two different teams to you know really maximize both of their talents and i feel like that's needed because they can't really play together that well
0: they really can't i mean defensively you know they're great according to cleaningtheglass.com the M- and horford that duo has a defensive rating of 102 and a half which is good for the 96th percentile their offensive rating 101.1, which is just in the fifth percentile. I'm going to repeat that. Defensively, they're in the 96th percentile. Offensively, that dude has 101.1, fifth, fifth percentile. Offensively, it's not good at all. So, but Joel mentioned yesterday. He said, uh, "I don't see any problems. Basketball is a game, and you need to figure out, figure it out if something's going on." And I don't believe that. I believe it's just a matter of everybody buying in and being able to play their role. Ah, uh, the pairing with yeah. Al, I feel like, has been fine. At times, it could be better. Everybody on the court has to has a job, and you have to have shooters around who are willing to shoot the ball. Now, I don't know if that's a dig at Ben. I don't think that. No, that's. I don't think that's really anything because Ben come is on, not Cam, humor me here. Humor no, me. No, because it's not. It's not. Ben Simmons is
1: not seen as a shooter. Like if okay, <laughs> if he was if he was Furkan Korkmaz. Right, and he didn't shoot, then, okay, then that would be, like, a dig. Because Forkhan Korkmaz is a shooter.
0: Right. Ben Simmons is not a shooter. So, like – I know. Darn it. I tried to cause a controversy you, there. Hey, you,
1: you reach it. You reach it.
0: Ah, Cam, let, let me reach, bro. Just let me reach every once in a while, man. Like, ah. Cam, you are the only person who doesn't feed into my trolling, and I can't stand it. <laughs> I, uh, no, I, I, don't, I, will not, I won't stand for it. I can't stand it. Like just oh, feed into it a little bit. Uh, anywho, anywho. Um, I mean, I get your point. I mean, but and and I've said it on here before. Ben does to, but does have to at least come back with a mid range shot. At least in my opinion, like not not okay. even not not even like a three point shot. The three point shot, I feel like will come. He's made two this year, and, and uh, even though two isn't exactly anything great, it, it shows that he's willing at least. The big thing is he's got to be able to at least be a threat from mid-range and be able to space the floor that way for Joel and Al to work. Now, Brett, yeah. now, Brett Brown had a comment. He's, he actually kicked off the Sixers media availability on July 1st. And Brett said that he would really like to have Ben roll. And that's going to be his wish. Yeah, that's, that's good. He would much rather have that spacing. But at that point, if you're going to have Ben roll, then again, you're asking Joel and Al to come out and shoot threes. And Brett has maintained this all year. He wants Al Horford taking four, five threes a night, which I'm not entirely sure if, if, that, if that's really going to work that way.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing is, see, going back, I, I like uh, having Ben roll. But Me too. I think that the only way that it works – is if you have you have to bench Al Horford. I think that, that they have no choice but to do that. They have so, to. if you if you have Ben Roll, you have to bench Al Horford because the spacing still isn't going to work because Joel Embiid is not that good of a three-point shooter.
0: Right. And he's Horford, capable, but he's yeah. not great.
1: And Al Horford is not having the best year of three-point shooting. He has shot the ball well in previous years, but this year he's not having his best year. Um, but – to have that, you need, and you would need to bring in Shake Milton or Matisse Thybul to be that, um, you know, ball handler, where where Simmons could be that the four man. So I, I think that f- for the role for Ben Simmons to work as a roller, you you'd have to, you know, bench Al Horford. I think you have no choice but to do that at this point for, for the Sixers to have success.
0: I, I agree, and, and and I think that they will bench Al, and I believe they're going to turn to Shake, uh, Shake. Shake was actually asked uh, the other day, like, you know, how are you looking forward to playing with Ben? Because you got to remember, even though Shake had, that, had those crazy games going into league suspension, everybody forgets that he was doing that without Ben, uh, without Joel. And now we're going to have to kind of see if Shake can at least keep up the same type of production, at least shooting wise, with Ben and Joel coming back. Now, in the final 20 games heading into the league suspension, Shake Milton shot, I think, 51.2% from deep. Something ridiculous like that over the final 20 games. Over the final nine games, that number jumped to over 60% from three-point range. Now, the question is going to become, can he at least shoot over and break around the 40 to 44% from three-point range with Ben and Joe and Tobias uh, demanding the ball, too? Because we have to remember, Tobias has to be able to get his shots as well. And he's also going, and Shake's also going to have to run the pick and roll with Ben. I'm, I'm very interested to see how this all works out. This is why this upcoming playoffs for Philadelphia, to me, is so interesting. Not just for Brett Brown's job, but for how Joel and Al are going to work, how is Shake going to fit yeah. in. There's a lot of different questions that the Sixers have to answer uh, when, they, when they head down to Orlando. And I, I believe they start August 1st against the Indiana Pacers. There's a lot of questions there. It's going to be a lot of very, very intriguing to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean, going back to what you're talking about Shake, I don't think he has to shoot that high where it's like 43%, 40 or even like 40. I think he has
0: to. Oh,
1: that I mean, that's very high even like on any team. Like that's hard to do. That's
0: I know. That's hard to do. Completely understand. It's definitely hard. And and Shake's not JJ Redick. But yeah. but the but like the point is, I mean, if if you can get him around that that percentage, then that just it makes the offense Yeah. Low, just a little bit better and if you can start ben shake josh tobias and joe then you've got three really good shooters there tobias shake and josh is a better shooter than what he's shown i'm gonna say this right now josh richardson yeah, sure. is, is, is better than the 32 percent you know shooting from deep that he's shown so far this year so josh is another one If you can get him around 36 37 38 percent from deep you're Again, you're in a much better position than you were heading into the suspension.
1: For sure. Yeah. I mean, Josh Richardson, yeah, def, I agree. Better shooter than what he's shown this season. Um, I think that more realistic is around that 36, 37 number, maybe even 35. 38, I think, is asking a little bit too much considering what he's been at this season. Um, and Shake Milden, I think a little bit more realistic uh, is anywhere from 37 to 40. Uh, 40 to 44 uh, seems like a lot um because like i said that's hard to do if you're doing that on any team then you're you're in a different stratosphere of of shooters like that that's steph curry clay thompson uh kyle corver like you said jj reddick kind of numbers there's only a few guys like that in the league who can who can really shoot at that kind of level
0: i just don't think that shakes uh three-point shooting numbers i don't think that they're a mirage like, obviously... Oh, yeah, not, no, no, they're not, yeah. Yeah, like, obviously, he's not going to shoot 60% from deep, like, like over a long yeah. range. Like, like that, that's just completely impossible. Right. But, but I feel like, like, obviously, that number's going to drop. But if he can maintain it, I feel like he can maintain it in the 40 to 44 range. But at the same time, Cam, to your point, 37 to 40 is not bad either. Like, like if, if he can keep that around that number, which I, I think is totally realistic, the 37 to 40 but I feel like the forty to forty-four number is probably a percentage where I mean, if Milton can get there, then I feel like that changes a lot of things for Philadelphia offensively, just in terms of spacing the floor.
1: For sure, yeah, it definitely does. Um, I mean, because it allows just Ben Simmons to have basically maximum space to work. Um, it gives the Sixers. I mean, really, it boosts the Sixers' offense in a way that that it hasn't, you know, the whole season. So that that could definitely be the game changer. But to, to have that kind of reliance on the shooting, where um, you know your offense is that bad, where you where you need the shooting to be um, so so effective, I, f- I feel like that's just asking a lot at this point. And I don't I don't think that the I don't I don't think the Sixers are really going to do much in these playoffs. I'm just going to say that right now. I don't think they're really going to do a whole lot.
0: Well, but, uh... well, I mean, neither <laughs> do I. So I mean. We're, we're <laughs> same page here. I do I listen, I, I maintain they'll beat Boston. I'm going to maintain that. I'm 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 going I'm All not right. I'm not going to say five games anymore. I'm going to push it up to six just because of of, of Tatum and, and how and, and Jalen Brown too who I absolutely love and and Kemba. But All right. but I still think Philadelphia beats them just because of the size. Like I'm not trusting Ennis Canner and Daniel Tice to to try to guard Joel and Al. I'm just not Um, if they play Miami, I think they'll beat Miami too, but I feel like it'd be a lot more tougher. Oh, no. You were just talking about how they can't, you were talking about a while ago, how they can't beat Miami
1: zone. And that would be very tough, like insanely tough.
0: And that's why I'm saying seven games. Like, like I would say that I'm going to say that series goes seven games. You don't think so?
1: No, I could maybe see Boston. Here's the Boston thing. have to be seven games. It had to be seven games for me.
0: Here's the thing, Cam. They can lose to both those teams. I wouldn't be surprised. This is why it's so hard to really predict I mean, what yeah. Philadelphia's going to do. It's going to be so hard to predict what Philadelphia's really going to do come these playoffs because, I mean, Cam, they can beat Miami. They can beat Boston. They can beat Indiana. Doesn't, and, mean, they will. Doesn't and, mean they will. And, and you know, like, like they'll give Milwaukee and Toronto definitely a battle. But – they're not beating Toronto. They're not beating Milwaukee. And the other three teams I just mentioned, Miami, Boston, and Indiana, are, you know, whatever type teams at this point.
1: The only team that I could see them, like, in, in terms of the matchup, like, you know, maybe happening right, is, is Indiana.
0: Ooh, like, only Indiana? That's the only
1: team I can, <laughs> like, certainly see them be, beating.
0: Only Indiana? You're like, you really can't yes. see them beating Miami or Boston?
1: Not without any – like, with confidence, they can beat Indiana. Like, they would beat Indiana.
0: I mean, but, I, I mean I, to mess with you, I can't say any confidence in any of my picks with Philadelphia right now. They're such a weird team to read, Cam. It's been so tough to really understand where this team is going to go. But if I had to, if I had to say a pick, I feel like they're, they're going to finish fifth because, obviously, Indiana is going to be without Victor Oladipo that could be without Malcolm going to start the Orlando restart. The so then that
1: means they're probably going to play Miami.
0: Yeah. So to that point, we're going to lose. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to say Miami. I'm going to say Philadelphia in seven, and I'm going to lean on Joel and like the experience. That I'm not going to lean on Al Horford's playoff intangibles too. I'm going to kind of lean on that. You know, Miami is going to tear them up for them to beat Miami. And also another thing I've been thinking about, Cam, Jimmy Butler is going to be bloodthirsty like Jimmy's going to want to like tear yeah. their entire heads off. So that's another thing that like you really have to consider for them playing the heat. But then after that, Cam, let's just say they get past Miami, guess who they're playing in the semifinals? Giannis and the Bucks. So that's a L. there's your season right there. And then we'll all be writing Brett Brown obitu- obituaries and looking back on his career with this uh, time coaching the Philadelphia 76ers. Cause there's no doubt that he would be fired uh, once they lose to the Bucks. So, Um, speaking of the playoffs and Orlando and this bubble and everything, um, we're going to kind of end the podcast today is talking with the, talking about the Sixers kind of mindset so far going into this bubble. Cam, the only guys who have stepped up and been like, yeah, basketball, let's get back to work. Ben and really Norvell Pell so far have been the only guys to be like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. I want to play. Um, The other guys have basically been like, the team wanted to play, so I'm going to play. I'm not going to let my teammates down. Joel even came out and said, yo, I hated this idea. I'm not about this. I don't want to do this, but I'm not going to let the city of Philadelphia down. I'm not going to let my teammates down, so I'm going to Orlando. So do you think, Cam, that that type of mindset will seep onto the court and maybe affect their play a little bit, just be like, okay, I want to get this over with and go home?
1: I don't know. I feel like definitely the first week is going to be the most important week and that, and that's for all teams because it's like, okay, how many cases have happened in this first week and how, because I mean, look, the Nets have already had what three players have it and they're not coming. DeAndre Jordan, Spencer Dinwiddie, and and now Torian Prince.
0: Prince. Yeah.
1: It's three players. And then you also have, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving not coming as an injury, and and, uh, Nicholas Claxton also not coming. And Wilson Chandler was like, I'm just not playing. So, like, that's one team that already has a significant amount of players that will not be coming to Orlando. And when you go to Orlando – I mean, when you go to Florida, particularly, you know, the whole state is in a bad – is bad shape right now. It's one of the worst areas in the whole world for COVID-19 cases and it's like i mean that first week man is going to be important because if you if they see a lot of cases in that first week i mean like how can they really go on
0: i completely understand like the way i see it is like there there are going to be more positive cases th- than what that what everybody is thinking right now there are going to be more like like not just for brooklyn but there's going to be more for a lot of different teams right now. Philadelphia, as we record this podcast, Sixers don't have any cases. They've got zero. Uh, I believe, Boston, and I believe Boston has zero cases too. The Celtics did, and to my knowledge, the Heat really only have two. They had, they got Derek Jones Jr. and there was one other unnamed player. You know, the way I'm going to see the world is as long as the cases don't spike, which I don't believe they will. The, the major league soccer teams have been in the, the Orlando bubble as well. And to my knowledge, they're starting today, July 8th, and they're okay so far. There have been like a, like a less than 1% yeah. rate or something like that. So I'm going to trust the bubble. Hopefully the rest of the guys on that NBA and, and, that, and that bubble, will, you know, take the correct steps and keeping themselves safe and being respectful of others and, and things of that nature. But, Cam, I mean, you have to at least try. Like, yeah, that's my that's my try. Thing. That's my thing. Like, if they try and then, like, the cases spike and whoever gets it and blah, 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 and, and it does, runs rampant, then, listen, you cancel it and you say, well, at least we tried. And then you kind of move on to the next thing. The big thing, Cam, and this is what I've read from, like, a lot of different players and outlets and things, if this doesn't succeed, we might not even get a 2020-21 season. You, and, I'm and,
1: telling you, yeah. Like the way the country is going right now, like this is worse than when we started. Like as a country, I'm like in terms of handling it.
0: Yeah, like there, there's a lot like going. This on. has
1: gotten really bad.
0: Uh, like, 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 listen, like, like, there's a lot, a lot going on right, right now in America between the virus and you know the Black Lives Matter movement and the timing. The timing of this all sucks. Uh, Sheikh Milton came out and said that. The timing is unfortunate, but I'm I'm ready to go to war with, with my teammates. Like, like, come on, like, like, let, let's go hoop. Like it, it's very clear that these guys are a little apprehensive. You know, these guys have families and Mike Scott, Mike Scott's a father. Al Horford is a father. Kyle O'Quinn is a father as well. So, I mean, I mean, listen, th- there's going to be a lot going into this bubble, um, but I'm going to continue to trust it. And, and, and hope that the league kind of does the best, it, the best it can to kind of make sure that everybody's safe. Uh, Glenn Robinson, the third and Milton have said, Hey, it's not, it's not a perfect idea, but in today's world, it, it, it's, this is going to be as perfect as it gets. I'm, I'm going to be very interested to kind of see how, how this all plays out. I mean, straight up. It's going to be very interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, hopefully things can work out. Uh you know, hopefully, all the precautions are are taken as much as possible, and everyone stays safe because it is, you know, a very crazy time right now um, in this country. So, hopefully, everyone just stays safe and healthy in the Orlando bubble.
0: Yeah, and 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 not and to be honest with you, Joel said he doesn't trust um, the other guys. Yeah, that's a that's a fair opinion, which kind of shocked me a little bit because I mean. Joel is a guy who, obviously, he just kind of wants to sit in his room and he'll probably just play video games when the Sixers aren't playing or practicing or whatever. But it's going to be just very difficult. It's going to be very hard for a lot of these guys. I mean, we all saw Troy Daniels post his food. The food. They said, though, that, food, that
1: the food is not going to last. Like, that kind of food is not going to be, be long-term, though.
0: I did see Mark Stein tweet that out. Which then Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell was confused as to like how Mark Stein knew. He was like, "How? How do you know?" So yeah. So I, I I thought that was funny. So it's gonna be um, it's gonna be very interesting, man. Like this whole situation is going to just be very fluid. There's gonna be something new each and every day. But Cam, have you been have you been watching the TPT tournament at all?
1: Uh, I caught a little bit of it, um, and it's like that now that they really don't, they, they really don't need to be playing. Cause I'm like, bruh, it's $1 million. And you have to, I mean, I know it's okay. Like, and you have to split it and it's like, okay, you know, I'm playing a lot of those guys are overseas players. Right. So it's like, it's like, I'm playing overseas. I mean, yeah, you could, you could risk your season overseas season anyway, regardless because of injury playing in the T in TBT, but Think about it like this. It's like, okay, what if we lose, we don't win the one million, and I get sick. Like 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 what are we playing like what are we playing for? Like if you're TV T TV, like, you know what I mean? It's just like, what's the purpose? Like, honestly,
0: honestly this is actually my first time ever even hearing about the TBT tournament. It's been c it's been a great tournament in past years. I'm saying this year. It's like, really? Like, like, you know. I mean, honestly, it's like – like, the point I was trying to make with the TBT tournament is, I mean, clearly it's really working for them, at least to my knowledge. I think they sent two teams home because uh, a guy had a positive test for coronavirus, but – Yeah. Like, the whole thing's really been working for them. They just – they go from the hotel back. They play. They go home. They shower at the hotel. They don't shower in the arena. And, and, you know, so for the most part, it's been going on for, I think – Uh, a week now? It's been going on for a week? Yeah, and it's in Columbus. It's happening
1: in Columbus. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I mean, me personally, I'd be like, I ain't playing. (laughs) Because I'm like, I am not trying to come out here, miss out on the one million. That's bad enough. Like, not get the one million and not win. Right. And then also get sick. Like, dude, you know,
0: I mean I mean listen it it, it is what it is. It, it it is what it is. So I I feel like the TBT tournament I feel like that that has set up a good example for how I believe the bubble is going to work out and I believe that a lot of this stuff is going to be worked out as you know as, as we go on yeah. and and uh a, a lot of this stuff is going to be very fluid. This 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 whole thing like it's so exasperating and exhausting to really talk about because there are so many unknowns, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, Cam, you don't know. We we just, we really don't. And, you know, you have to just kind of sit back, watch, pray, hope it works. And, uh, you know, then, then we can kind of move on with society, move on with life a little bit. Like, e- even with baseball, like, you know, baseball's getting set to start July 23rd. Yeah. And, you, again, with, with no fans. And you just, you, you kind of, you go from there. It's going to be just really really something to keep an eye on and, and keep a watch on and, and kind of see how, how everything works out. It's going to be um, just v- really fluid. And I can't blame any of the Sixers players for ha- being apprehensive or anything like that. So uh, you just – you have to hope that as a Sixers fan, for the fans out there, you have to hope that their mindset, like their apprehensive mindset, doesn't seep onto the court. Because if it does, then, yeah, you're, you're getting bounced round one because no, – no, no, you, you don't want to.
1: Yeah, wanna... Thing thing is, though, I Like, those eight seeding games, that's about to be, like, preseason for a lot of teams. I feel like that's about to be, like, preseason. Yeah. You know, because it's like, okay, a lot of the team other than, what, yeah, the Nets and the Magic. You know, I mean, obviously the Trailblazers, uh, the Nets and the Magic, they haven't clinched. And then the Wizards, they, they have no chance. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, yeah.
0: the Wizards should not be going. I didn't think the well, Wizards,
1: Wizards have no chance. I
0: didn't, I didn't think the Wizards should be going to begin with. But the fact that, like, we are – that we're talking about the Wizards without Bradley Beal, who's out with a shoulder injury. They're going to be without Davis Bertans. And, and, Cam, who who do you think Washington's best player is going down to Orlando? Who's their best player right now? I'm telling you, it's Rui Hachimura. Wrong. According to stats, Ish Smith. Ish Smith. The process champion is going to lead the Wizards to the eighth seed because Brooklyn is going to be led by freaking Chris Chiazza. So we're going to no. go. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Yep. Karis Levert? Karis Levert? Did you, have you forgotten? Oh, I forgot about Karis Levert. I actually did. Low key. Actually, high key. High key forgot Karis you Levert. See,
1: you didn't do. I wrote a whole article yesterday
0: about I how Karis, Karis Levert, LeVert is
1: basically going to take like 20 shots.
0: He's going to take 40 shots. Let's be <laughs> <weird>. <laughs>
1: Probably a little bit more because this yeah. was before Tori and Prince got, got
0: out. Cam, Karis LeVert's going to have to go into full-fledged Allen Iverson 2001 MVP mode and take, like, 30, 40 shots a game and try to, like, lift Damn. Brooklyn. It's going to be absolutely wild. Cam, final thoughts today, man. Man, so
1: going back to when we started, I'm just glad – I'm embarrassed, rather, that I found out that Nike owns Converse. Damn. Like, as, a, as, as a hooper, I'm just, like, embarrassed. But, hey, these things happen. And also, <laughs> Adidas is better. But, um, oh. you know, I, I'm just embarrassed that I was just finding – I found, out, found this out today.
0: Hey, man, you were today years old. You learn something new every day. My final oh, thought, again, Batman's villains, trash. Batman the superhero, trash. Meet up with me on Twitter, at Kai underscore Carlin. Let's get into it. So, with that being said, for Cameron Fields, I'm Kai Carlin. We're out. We'll see you guys next time on The Bell Ringer.